season two of Turning Little Stones. Welcome back. We have been very quiet since the summer and our autumn has slightly been overtaken by events. Lots of transitions in the family and an unexpected whisk into hospital for an operation. But all is now well and to say we're raring to go is an absolute understatement. And what a way to start season two. Today we welcome a couple of guests, Catherine Hughes and Becky Goddard-Hill, who, apart from other things, are co-authors of two delightful books. The second has been published this month and we really want to take the time to celebrate it. We're keeping it in our Out and About series. It'll be the fourth in our Out and About series and we're calling this Out and About, A Year in Nature. So enjoy. Let me introduce you to Catherine Hughes and Becky Goddard-Hill. Hi. Hello. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. I don't want to say very much. I think your story is going to come out in the podcast, but do you just want to introduce yourself? Catherine, why don't we start with you? Hi there. So I'm Catherine. I write a blog which is primarily about gardening and kind of family sort of nature exploration. I've been doing that for about, goodness me, seven, eight years now. It kind of evolved from having young kids and sort of wanting to fit in a bit of a part-time job around them, but also stick to all my passions, which is getting outside, enjoying nature and bringing them along with us. Prior to that, I was a marketing manager, so a very different job, but this is what I've been doing for a while now. And of course, now I'm writing these books with Becky. Wonderful, wonderful. I love the title of your blog, Growing Family. Love it. Um, I love what you put out on Instagram. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And and it tells the story. Tell me about your family. How how old are your children now? So my eldest is 16 now and my youngest is 12. So yeah, it, it kind of, I grew up grubbing around on my dad's allotment. You know, he had an allotment when I was little and that was where I loved being. I used to just kind of trail around after him, pinching things and, you know, eating peas off the pods and all that kind of thing. And it that has really stuck with me as a memory of happy things from childhood. So it's always made me quite passionate about taking that forwards. You know, I think we all go through a bit of a phase as young people where that kind of thing might drop away a little bit at most people, I think. But I came back to it as soon as I actually had a little patch of land on my own house and of course the kids came along and it's just such a natural thing to do with them kids love it they're naturally hands-on and tactile they want to get their hands into things they want to see you know the results of something that they've they've done and created so I just took them outside with me basically and at this point I was looking to kind of find ways to return to work without really returning to work if you know what I mean and got inspired to start writing about what we did really so I just really started talking about the things that we were doing as, as a family outside and how to get kids outdoors. And it just kind of grew from there, really. So that was from when my children were really, really small. And as they've grown with me, they've kind of come along with it. My 16-year-old is a bit less involved at the moment, I think it's fair to say. But I just really hope that what my dad inspired in me, I've been able to do with my kids. And I think getting them at a really young age to love nature, embrace it, you know, really learn about it and, and get their hands sort of get stuck in and get some hands-on experience, it comes back to them when they're older. So that's what my blog is all about, really. And that's what books are about as well, really, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. 
I I just love the acknowledgement that you've got at the front of your book. I'm going to read it. It's just, excuse me, everyone. Absolutely beautiful. For my lovely mum and dad, thank you for letting me keep snails as pets, for putting up with mud pies in the lawn, and for helping me to learn to love nature. And <laughs> I think that's absolutely beautiful for for turning little stones as well. That's that's the message, isn't it? That yeah, yeah, and it it really is giving them just that little bit of freedom to to sort of explore the world their own way. Mm. But there's so much that naturally is exciting and engaging out there, and and it's not a very hard job. If you get your kids outside, your life's made quite easy because they just yeah. want to engage with it. Um, it's just about remembering and reminding people and teaching kids who've not done it before that. That first step is the hardest bit, really, isn't yes. it? Getting yeah. them out. Whatever the weather is well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay, over to Becky. <laughs> I was a social worker and I'm I'm a psychotherapist and I worked very hard for local council with families who had a lot of difficulties until I had my own children. And I very much wanted to be at home with them. So I began to write about parenting and I started to explore different ways of helping kids through my writing rather than directly. And I write activity books on the whole around mental health and well-being for HarperCollins, things to do with making kids feel happier, calmer, more confident. And I've written for teenagers and young people. But I've always loved making things too. I write activity books because I do really honestly believe children learn best by doing rather than being told and if they put things into practice it becomes real to them and it makes sense and one thing I learned through all my research on mental health and through my own experiences with kids that one of the healthiest things you can ever do with children is be creative give them space to make and create and design and explore they feel more confident they let their imaginations flow and they get into that zone where their worries just fade away for a while at least so I know it's very healthy for kids to be creative but I also know nature is very very healthy for kids it's been proven it makes them feel less stressed their cortisol levels go down it makes them feel happier so combining nature and creativity something I always did with my children and I always have included in my mental health books but I wanted to write a pure nature crafts book or a nature playbook because I think that's something that really will engage families who don't think their children have mental health issues but what it does of course is promote good mental health before there's yeah. a problem you know and it can be a great way of staving off too much stress for children and that's Catherine and I found it was something we both love to do so it was a natural fit we're also very different I'm quite chaotic and I get lots of ideas <laughs> and, and spark on it. Catherine is creative calm to my person inside. <laughs> yeah. Catherine too is very creative, but she's more organized. She creates beautiful things, whereas I just kind of have a big idea <laughs> and then do it in five minutes flat and that'll do. Whereas Catherine will turn it into something beautiful. So combined, we we were able to bring yeah. some things together. My own children are 19, my son's at university, and my daughter is 16 a bit like Catherine's they were very creative young people love the outdoors but now have different interests but my son does love to walk and he'll walk a lot 
out in nature and he finds that very calming and my daughter now writes so although she's not out in nature mate she writes whole stories big long novels you know so they're still creative and I know for both of them that really shores up their mental health and well-being so we're big believers in this yeah we've the seen, power of creativity. We've seen it firsthand and that that's that's all you need to know really isn't yes. it you know and we've seen how much it makes us feel better as well you know I do often forget and but you need to keep saying it's not just the kids that benefit from this. the whole family benefits. whole family yeah and that's another part of what we want to get across with the books it's about families getting outside and enjoying all of those amazing benefits without yeah. really spending a lot of money either one of the things i love about your books both of them is there aren't that many activities in there that are brand new to me but it's the take, it's the refreshing way you approach it. It's the, it's it's alluring actually. You you kind of, as I've been reading them, oh, I want to do that in my little my little group that I still have of little ones. But so it's it's a kind of, oh, this is amazing. So it's not that I haven't done that before, or I've not seen it done before. But there's a freshness. There's a delight. And I can see both your stories blending. Now you're telling me a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. So what's the title of the books? So So the the first one is um, A Year of Nature, Craft and Play. So the whole idea of it, of both of the books really, is that we follow the seasons because one of the big messages we want to get across is that nature is not just for spring and summer. It is all year round. Um, it doesn't matter what the weather is. If you've got the right activity um, and a bit of inspiration, you can get outside all year round. And we know that's really important, particularly in winter, for example, in terms of mental health, vitamin D and all that. So we've got Year of Nature, Craft and Play, which yep. is the first one two years ago, which is very much focused on bit more craft isn't it yeah really? and, and sort of quite a creative. few gardening projects yeah, in there too a bit, of gardening in there, a bit of recycling um yeah, yeah lots, lots of, of fun lots. lots of fun things but again with that very much get outside and enjoy nature sort of message and then the new one is a year of nature walks and games and as you see it's very similar format but with all all focusing this time on outdoor play really yes um, we're very aware that during lockdown people start walking as families a great deal and that that's lost its shine quite a lot. And for a lot of children, the idea of a walk is very boring. And they're like, oh, I don't want to go. Oh, that's boring. But it's a free activity. Gets them that good dose of vitamin D. It's very healthy. We want them to want to walk. We don't want to drag kids to do something they don't enjoy. We want them to be excited. So the idea of our book is that we turn walking into an adventure. Are you going to play a spotting game? Are you going to take a viewfinder with you? Are you going to collect rainwater a long way or make a leaf wonder as you do it? We want kids begging their parents to take them out on a nature walk because it's a grand adventure. And a lot of the things in our book can also be adapted to walks to school or walk to the grandparents' house. You know, let's tell them, I want to go in the car. Well, it's better for the environment to walk. It's better for your health to walk. But let's not tell kids like that because they don't care when they're little about those things. They want to have fun. So the whole idea of our book is that we're making walking really fun or a trip to the park, a really big adventure. And kids want to not be on their screens. They want to be outside again. Like you say, it's good old fashioned fun, but with a spin on it to make kids really, really desire this. I love that. I just love it. 
And I love what you're saying about a walk to school or, or just outside your front door. You don't have to be in beautiful countryside or next to a beach or woodland. Yeah, we've in season one, we've had a couple of, or three, I think, in our Out and About series. First one was Woodland Adventures, then Heathland Adventures, and then Seaside Explorers. And I think the message that came out of all of those is you don't have to be in these amazing wilderness places. Nature is outside. Geography is where you are. You know, it's it, it is. It, so so thank you for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, everywhere will be, well, when the weather changes, <laughs> will be littered with beautiful autumn leaves, won't they? So, um, it's my favourite one. It's, autumn is my favourite one for all of this. Yeah. So I'm a bit of an it's autumn girl. time to publish the book. I really yeah, think. So, so it was published just last week, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Just this month, anyway, when it's aired. So, so yeah, real congratulations. And and I love the the awards that you've been able to celebrate and the, you know, you've it they're amazing books. And I I, I cannot recommend them highly enough. So can I just celebrate again this book? I, I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. It seems to have an appeal without it being dumbed down or babyfied or 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 too twee. It's just a perfect blend. You've got things like that, there's some good solid teaching in there for older children, older primary into the, into secondary school, I guess teaching on photosynthesis and magnetism and all sorts of things like that. But in terms of young children, of course, most of our listeners will be have that hat on at the moment. There's such an appeal. There's an appeal for the curious. I kept imagining a practitioner or a parent saying, I wonder why this is happening. I wonder what will happen. The I wonders are coming through. So I just wanted to bring that out. There, There is quite a body of research and there's certainly some good practice in early years that suggests that if we can group our children together in vertical style ages, like, like you would do in a family, very naturally, you, you, you actually get the best out of everything. So vertical age groups, have you got anything to say on that? I'm not you know, qualified on that side of things. But I, I know that as a parent, there's a four-year gap between my kids. So when I was looking for things to do with them, I was always quite keen on finding things that we could adapt either down or up to suit them both, which I think, you know, that's fed into a lot of the stuff that we've done in the book. And you probably absolutely the same, don't you? Yes. So for example, one of the activities in the book is to create a barefoot walk with different textures underfoot. So maybe some grass or some mud in one section and the next section maybe have some little pebbles to walk over so children can be really mindful and experience all these wonderful textures. Now, an older child would help you create the walk and then help you set it up and maybe design it on a piece of paper, plan what's going to be in each section and construct it. A younger child maybe just experiences the walk. So there is something, as Kathleen says, for each age group. Similarly, we have an activity to make a kite. Now, a younger child would have great fun flying that kite and understanding perhaps that, you know, wind can make things fly, whereas an older child might be able to construct the kite because it's only sticks and newspaper after all. 
but also consider the direction of the wind and maybe read up about, you know, what's the best place to to fly a kite? Do we go high or do we go low? So all the activities have got extended play options, but they also have the possibility for younger children to experience it if the play is set up as an invitation by the adult that's taking care of them. I love that. Both of you absolutely love it. Yes. And the photograph in the book is just, well, all the photographs are delightful, but the barefoot walk is is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We really took a great deal of joy in creating the photographs in this book. A couple of them are stock images because, of course, we wanted every child to feel represented. That was very important to us. And we don't have that within our own families. So a few of the photos are stock photos, but the majority of the photos we took ourselves and we really enjoyed that, didn't it? Made us feel very present and very aware of our surroundings. And we got so much joy out of creating this book. We know that it will bring a great deal of joy to other families. It's such a great resource. You know, if your grandparents or anybody at all, just buy the book, buy the book for the adults and the children in your lives, because it is just, just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. One thing I think, Caroline, is often at Christmas or occasions like that, we feel we have to spend a great deal of money. We might have you know, an aunt and uncle to buy for and their and nieces and nephews. But rather than buy everyone an individual present, a book like this could be a family present because everyone will benefit from it. So it's very cost effective. The book will cost one fee, but they'll get a year's worth of entertainment that's free from the ideas in the book. But because it would fit the whole family, perhaps handing this over with a bag full of fallen treasures to get them started, maybe a really great stick or a bag full of leaves or some pine cones to get them going would be a lovely family gift. So it's less expensive than individually creating and you're going to give them a year full of experiences from this book too so it's the gift that keeps on giving and as Catherine says hopefully these ideas will be passed down through families then you know games like poo sticks for example you know children will teach their children so it's a really lovely gift to give that has lots of lots of possibilities for everybody you've got a a quote from gk chesterton in there which is all about gratitude Gratitude is happiness doubled with wonder. And and that, again, it's the wonder of the real world, the natural world that really shines through everything you do. Yeah. Yes. Excitement doesn't have to come just from video games. Excitement is seeing the sunset, isn't it? And we sometimes forget when we wrote the activity in the book, chase the sunset down and maybe paint it. I did that with my own partner and children. And I realised I'd not actually been and seen the sunset for a number of years. And we were all completely blown away by the colours. And we just went down to the river near near us and watched it. And we were filled up with joy and wonder. My children were shocked. And I realised we'd left it too long. And that's something we can fill our cup with anytime. And for a child that needs to reset their mood, you know, perhaps they're feeling quite despondent because something's been tricky, Seeing nature in all its glory just does reset a mood and makes us appreciate with gratitude what what is there. And it's painted freshly every day, isn't it? Absolutely. Never the same. And they shift minute by minute. Yeah, just just astonishing. Thank you. Thank you. Catherine, how do you weave gardening into things? Well, 
it's not very hard. <laughs> it's just a part of being outside and engaging with the world. Um, I found with my own kids that, you know, as long as you kind of try not to steal the joy out of it by telling them what to do um, and how to do it, because there's a lot of processing gardening, isn't there? And there is quite a lot of kind of background knowledge. And I think that daunts a lot of people. But if you kind of take all that out of your own brain and, and, and strip it back to the joy of putting a seed in a pot and watering it and watching it turn into something that's living that you can then nurture, you know, that's just a no-brainer for kids. That That is ticking all the boxes in terms of the awe and the wonder and the hands-on experience. Um, so weaving gardening into sort of nature play and, and nature exploration is just a natural part of it for me. And you don't have to have a garden either. That's the other thing that I, I bang on about quite a lot with my blog, but also in this book, you know, nature is all around you. You could scatter a few seeds on, your, on the little curbs in your street, or you could ask a neighbour if you could, you know, put a few in their garden you could go to the park and you could experience you know things that are growing there without actually having to plant them yourself you could have a plant pot you could do it indoors you know it's very easy to access in the same way that that nature play is generally so I've just kind of always tried to take that approach to it you know yes show kids a little bit what to do but but then let them get on with it really otherwise that joy is, is is going to be a little bit stifled. And that's a real shame because that's where the fun is, I think, for the gardening side of things. Yeah, you can't be too pedantic, can you? No, and it's really hard sometimes, especially yeah. if you're like me, you're a little bit of a control freak, but you have to just kind of step back a bit because, yeah, that's where the memories will be made and that's where the, the, the urge to do it again and more and to come back to it and how is that plant doing? You know, it's not, it's not a chore. It's it's a, it's fun and it's a game really in a way, yeah. isn't it? You know, some things that's really come through actually for me. You've got a page or a few pages I can't remember on on memories and that idea of history coming through. That's always incredibly, incredibly hard for young children to to get the passing of time. You know, because time is meaningless. It's this abstract concept. Weight is a is a word that most young children haven't a clue what it means, and yet they're told to wait umpteen times a day. So, so I love, I love how you've woven history into into things just by walks or collecting things. That's just beautiful, and maybe doing it with older members of the family or yeah. neighbours. You know, just just a very natural spontaneous activity I think really we just really want to encourage people to get outside with their children whether or not they complain whether or not it's raining one of the best days I've had this year by far was in the pouring rain with Catherine on our local <laughs> park floating a piece of bark a stick stuck through the middle with a little leaf for a sail on a huge puddle there was not one person on that park apart from us because it was, the rain was pouring, but the puddle was enormous. And our little bark boat floated across this puddle and we had so much fun. Another day, not long afterwards, we tried to make a rainbow out of leaves and the wind <laughs> blew those leaves everywhere and we ran around collecting them in. Now, we are middle-aged women and the joy we had <laughs> from being out in terrible weather getting cold and wet but watching our creations was immense so we know children would 
love that. So do not be daunted by the weather or by reluctance. Get out there and experience it because it is absolutely the gift. The gift of our planet, isn't it, is its nature. And if children learn to love it, they develop an empathy for it and they become planet protectors. And this has been scientifically proven. Kids immersed in nature take care of nature when they're older. And our planet needs that. It needs it tremendously. So get them outside. Their mental health and the planet will benefit. It's really, really important. But most importantly, it's fun. Absolutely. Uh, what a way to end and what a way to start season two for us. I cannot thank you enough. You, you've both been inspirational it's been a delight meeting you both we would encourage everybody to go over to our show notes where all the links to pretty much everything that you do I'm hoping will be there so yeah and just just please follow Catherine and growing family and the work that she does and Becky and and the work that she does she's just persuaded me to look into TikTok actually so <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for that. Just a last word from either of you to Turning Little Stones listeners. I think the teachers we'd like to say, just go for it and get stuck in. Don't wait for lots of time. Some of these activities are really, really speedy. So don't think you don't have time to bring nature and nature play in and don't think you need to be in the right environment either. One of the activities that Catherine wrote for the book was get children to go and find something that makes them happy in nature. Go and find it. Don't obviously pick it and bring it back. We don't want that sport. But to come back and tell you about it. Take some moment. You know, you're out in a field or out in the playground. Go and find something. They may say, we found this brilliant stone. Look how amazing it is. Or, oh, I saw a buttercup. But to develop the wonder doesn't take very long, but it's absolutely worth it. So plant that seed. Thank you. Parents. I would say just try and try not to be daunted at the idea of going outside with with not much of a plan. We do feel a bit buttoned down these days and worrying that something might fall apart on a day out is, is a bit scary for, for lots of parents, I think. And I know I felt like that sometimes, but nature does provide, you know, if you let kids take the lead a little bit, they will find what they see exciting in nature. You don't necessarily have to have a massive plan up your sleeve. Yeah, our book's full of fantastic ideas to give you a bit of a prompt but children will take things in their own direction once you kind of set them off on a path so don't feel like you need a big plan or again like lots of time just step outside the door and and kind of trust mother nature, trust the, nature yeah. and the child really to yeah. to come up with imagination because even just a fallen tree trunk it could be a fairy circle yeah. it could be somewhere to have a tea party it could be anything a balance beam yeah. they will go for it so you give them a little prompt of an idea Give them the great outdoors and all will be well. They don't have to do the the activity step by step verbatim. They, you know, yeah, it's just an idea to, to spark that creativity, really. So don't be shy, I think is what I would say. Definitely. Look, thank you both of you so much. Yeah, I just wish you all the very best with the book and all your other all the other activities that you're involved in. I just hope that you get a, an amazing following and families and children's lives are actually changed through, through the book that you've written. So enormous thank you. Thank you, Catherine and Becky. And with that, season two is launched. We're sure you've enjoyed this podcast. Catherine and Becky have written such inspirational books 
please look to getting hold of a copy for yourselves, your family, your school, your setting, whoever. We're going to be back in two weeks' time, and in the meantime, we ask that you check out our website, www.turninglittlestones.co.uk, where you'll find show notes, blogs, and excitingly news on delving a little deeper. So please share, like, leave us a review, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.